Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Grab your Bibles and uh, start turning over to Acts chapter 1. Can you believe it? We're actually out of the Moses series. We're heading into a new series in the New Testament in the book of Acts. We're going to be here for a little while, and uh, it's going to be an amazing journey for us. And uh, I don't want to tell you too much about it yet, but um, you'll be hearing more and more about why the book of Acts, what we're doing in the book of Acts, and um, you'll hear that in just a few moments. But uh, whether you're on a tablet or phone, whatever you're using, Acts chapter 1, it's right after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. And uh, we're going to be starting there. It's a time after Jesus was resurrected and then ascended. That's where this, the book of Acts is going to be starting out in our journey. But uh, let me ask you a question, first of all. Let me kind of draw you in on this. Have you, have, have you ever had anything taken from you? You remember that feeling? I mean, maybe it's something simple. I remember when I was a kid, you know, somebody took my skateboard. Never got it back. I don't know what happened to it. It was precious to me, and I lost it. But sometimes things get more serious in time. A spouse could be taken from you. A child, a job, a home, your health. When something gets taken from you that really matters, the, the depth of hurt is tremendous. I would tell you one of the greatest hurts in my life actually occurred back in 1993. In 1992, I had started a church, and uh, it was uh, going gangbusters. We were reaching out into the community. It was a brand new church plant. And uh, in 1993, we were celebrating our first anniversary and um, I mean, the trajectory was just, was just moving forward, moving up. Exciting time, one of the most exciting times of my life. And I remember a district president calling me up and saying, come meet me. And uh, we were just like days away from our first anniversary as a church. And when I met with the district president, he said, I want you to resign. What? Why? And I didn't get an answer. I was a young pastor. I was 30 years old. And I was told to resign. Two weeks later, I was unemployed. I can't explain the feeling to you. I'm just feeling like something that was so precious was just like taken from me. And I went and worked with my dad for the next six months doing some construction. And here was my conversation with God. I never want to be a pastor again. Never. Sometimes God has a funny way of changing things around. Just to follow up that story, six months later, I got a phone call one day that from a church town in Lexington, Illinois, and they said, we just called you to be our pastor. And I remember thinking, who are you? I don't even know who you are. And the last thing I want to do is go back into ministry. But I want you to relate to the feeling of something taken from you. It's a deep hurt. We're going we're gonna to see that today in the lesson of now what? Now what? After something's taken from you. 
Now what? We're in an interesting time. I'm going to do a little bit more in the introduction of what we're talking about. And then we're going to get into Acts. We're post-COVID. We've got kind of a before COVID, BC, and we've got kind of an AC after COVID. And I don't have to tell you that it seems like we're past COVID for the most part. But do you ever feel a little bit robbed of what happened over these last couple of years? I mean, we were in community, and all of a sudden that was kind of robbed of us, and we went into isolation. And we're still seeing the effects of isolation of COVID. We're seeing it in kids. We're seeing it in test scores. We're seeing it in marriages. We're seeing it in churches. I mean, we don't look the same as we did before COVID. Even the church looks different. Where you might have trusted before and had a lot of trust in God and what happened to a lot of people is that the fear of COVID took over and we replaced fear or trust with fear and everywhere we went we looked at everybody like they were disease stay away don't get close and we watched the church kind of go through all the struggles of mass no mass distancing How do we do this? How do we gather as a community? But yet, how do we distance? How do we do all that? But the toll on us over these last two years, not just, I don't mean the church, I mean all of us, the toll on us leaves us a little bit ravaged. And this is a little bit how it might be feeling. I know we're coming out of it, but just I want to show you with pictures of maybe how it might have us feel now. So here's here's a couple pictures. So the first picture we have, this is in Kentucky. This is pre-flood on the right, flood on the left. Something got taken from them. Here's just a couple weeks ago, somebody who lost their shop. Here's another one. This is Hurricane Ida. I know that goes back a few years ago, but the destruction. Now this one might get a little bit closer. Recognize that one from the Midland flood. Keep going. Does that look familiar to anybody? How about this one? Here's what it leaves us with. Where do we go from here? What do we do? How do we rebuild? But in the same way, here's what we've been kind of noticing is that I I think even the church is kind of holding back. Like, Like, what do we do? What do we do now? And I'm in a lot of conversations with a lot of pastors along the way. And a lot of them are like, well, we're waiting to see what happens. Well, I think the waiting time is over. It's time to engage. It's time to move forward. It's time to create the future. It's time to plan the future. It's time even for the church to rejoin, what is God up to? What is God doing in your life? How is God moving in your life? How is God using you on a daily basis in your life? It's re-engaging in the prayer that you pray every Sunday, thy kingdom come, thy will be done through you, 
God's will to be done. God's kingdom come coming through you to a broken and lost world that's still reeling after these couple years. What does it all mean? This is kind of where we are right now. So we're going to together start to look and create the future. Now here's where it goes to the story of Acts. They were walking with Jesus for three years, the disciples were. Amazing times. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine what it'd be like to walk with God for three years face-to-face, in person. Can you, can you even begin to fathom when you really figured out he's God? And every day you get to walk with him and you're watching him and you get to see the miracles and you get to participate and you get to just be a part of this amazing ministry. And then in a flash, he gets arrested, tried, crucified in a day's time. One day, one day, it went from, isn't this amazing? We're with Jesus. And the last thing they did together as, as disciples, they, they were praying and Jesus wanted them to pray. And he's on a cross within 12 hours and dead within 18 hours. How are you feeling? Can you just, I want you to put yourself as a disciple. How are you feeling? Robbed? He just got taken. What do we do? What do you do? And then two days later, from Friday, now we're on Sunday morning. He's alive. Talk about a world turning upside down. He's alive. What now? Because what we're going to see in just a moment is that he didn't, when he came back to life, he didn't just live with them like it was before for 40 days, 50 days. He didn't just do what he always did. I mean, they were together on Sunday night, Easter Sunday. They're together, and all of a sudden Jesus appears. And then we have no scriptural record of Jesus, like, where did, where did he go? We don't know. But all of a sudden he appears seven days later just shows up again. What do you do if you're a disciple? You go back home? Take up your job of three years ago? What do you do? All right, with that, let's look at Acts 1. Acts is written by the same writer as Luke. So maybe you want to, in your own study, go back and look at just the last chapter of Luke. That'll help you transition to Acts 1. Here's what Luke writes. In my former book, Theophilus, Theophilus is two words, phileo, 
which is like Philadelphia, which is love, brotherly love. Theo is God. So we don't know if this is actually a person, but if it is a real person, his name is God Lover. He's a lover of God. He loves God. So is it a person or is it to those who love God? In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. Did you catch that word? He was taken. When something gets taken to you that's very precious, it can feel like robbed. Until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. See, are you starting to pick up now? Many convincing proofs. He wasn't living with them for those 40 days. It's like, oh, there's a proof. Oh, he showed up in our room. You know, oh, he showed up again. Oh, he's appearing here. Oh, he appears there. He's giving many convincing proofs that he really is alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let's just pause on that for a minute. So far, what instructions do we have for the 12? Don't leave Jerusalem. You're going to get the Holy Spirit, whatever that is. They didn't know. They really didn't know much about the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. He talked to you about the Holy Spirit as a helper. In John 15, John 16, he talks about he's leaving, but the Holy Spirit's going to be with them. They didn't fully comprehend we're going to see that the day of Pentecost in a few weeks here. And when God actually gave him his spirit and the, the impact of his spirit. So they didn't really understand this. All they knew, here's their instructions. Stay in Jerusalem. Okay. And wait. Because I'm going to give you something. We don't know the when. We don't know the what. Except the Holy Spirit. How? We don't really know anything. See, let's, if we would pause here for us, we have the Holy Spirit. You have the Spirit of God in you. He's yours. God is indwelling you. God is not just out there. You have God in you. That's almost incomprehensible how God creator of the universe, can indwell us. We have this. They had to wait for it. See, here's, here's the thing that we're going to see throughout the book of Acts. They had the faith. They believed in Jesus, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit. When we baptize a child, we say the gift is for you. 
what gift? The gift of the Holy Spirit is for you. So the Holy Spirit comes into that child and begins to create faith. If you're older and you get baptized, you have faith in Christ, and now you get, as a testimony, you get baptized. But you already have the Spirit when you do that. So for them, they were, they were just told, here's the instructions. Wait until you're baptized. Then they asked. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Here's a political thing going on. Remember, the Romans are still in control. And they're thinking, oh, we understand the kingdom of God. That means the Israelites will now be in control of their own nation. They still didn't get it. They really didn't get the kingdom of God yet. Jesus said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud will be with them, or in a cloud uh, hid him from their sight. What now? You know what we have for directions from God? Wait till you get the Holy Spirit. Okay. You're going to be baptized. Okay. You'll be my witnesses. Okay, now what? How about us? Can we, can we just bring this down to our life? What do you think God wants from us? When you came into a relationship with Jesus, I wonder if it was different then than now because we've all been through this pandemic, and it's impacted all of our faith. It really has impacted every one of us in some capacity. Where are you now? Did you just kind of go back to life? Well, the purpose of this message series is to encourage, challenge, guide, direct, how do we get back into mission? What does God want you to do? Life is short. I don't have to remind you. Life is short. The mission of God has never stopped, even if maybe we've kind of stopped. But the mission of God has never stopped. It's stronger than it's ever been. There are more people lost, more people hurting, more people suffering, more people struggling, more people trying to live life without God. There's more people that are abandoning, walking away from God, walking away from church, and just trying to do their own thing. We're watching a world moving away from God. The kingdom of God is still among us. Are we engaging? What is God asking from us? 
You know why this message series is actually very hard? Because it's not God saying, sign up for all the benefits of a relationship with me. Oh, that'd be great. Give me all the benefits, God. When, when Jesus calls us into relationship, he asks us to give up. The disciples, let's play it out. 11 out of the 12 of the new ones, including Matthias, 11 out of the 12 were martyred, killed, because they wouldn't deny that Jesus was alive. Killed for their faith. What they signed up for was to follow Jesus even at the cost of their life. John, the writer, the gospel writer John, is the only one that we, we believe from history had died from natural causes. The other 11 all gave up their life to follow Jesus. I was talking to my niece a couple weeks ago. I happened to see her. She's in the reserve military. And, um, and as we were talking, she said this. She said, you know, it's amazing how many people signed up for the benefits. Didn't realize there was a cost. But when our unit got called up to go to Afghanistan, everybody freaked. They didn't sign up for that. They signed up for the benefits. But now they had to pay the cost. A call from God to follow him is a call to sacrifice. It's a call to give up. It's a call to serve. It's a call to love when it's hard to love. It's a call to witness when nobody wants to hear anything about Jesus. Nobody wants to hear anything about your faith. Nobody wants to hear anything about your trust in Christ. But it's a call to walk with God. It's an amazing journey. But here's what I want you to think about just for a moment. Do you realize it's only in this life you're going to be able to do something for someone else and make a difference? It's only in this life that you're going to be able to make a difference, have a purpose in your walk with Christ that changes lives, impacts lives, helps someone else. Because when we get to heaven, all of our needs are going to be met. You'll never be able to say, hey, can I help you? They won't need it. You'll never meet a hungry person in heaven. You'll never meet a thirsty person. You'll never meet somebody in prison. You'll never meet somebody without a home. You'll never meet somebody whose car broke down. You'll never meet a waitress who's struggling dearly just to put food on the table. You'll never get to do this again, ever. Do you want to? Here's my question for you. Do you want to, at the end of your life, look back and say, I did everything I could, God, to follow you. I did everything I could to do what you wanted me to do. I helped every person you called me to help. I tried to be a witness to every person 
that I met on planet Earth. Is that what you want to end your life with? This is why we're engaging in mission. All right, listen to what, let's go on. We're going to wrap this up. After, this is verse 9, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid from, from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Two angels, we think, came to say to the disciples who are just staring, you know, wow, he just left. Is he coming back? Is he coming down? And it took two angels to say, get to work, boys. Go do what God's called you to do. But they didn't have instructions. They didn't know what they were supposed to do. But God was leading. That's you and I. What is God calling you to do? Here's what you have. Let me just start with what you already have. You have a Savior who's, been, who's risen. Nobody can ever take that from you. Nobody can take your faith away. Nobody can take your hope away. Nobody can take heaven away. Nobody can take your forgiveness away. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody. You have that. Start there. And that gift, let me just say, is what the world desperately needs and doesn't have. Let's start there. What else do you have? You have the Holy Spirit. You have God dwelling in you. Not only do you have faith, but you have Christ. You've got the Holy Spirit. He's in you. And he's working in you, and he's working through you. So often in life, you just got to show up. Let God do the rest. You've got God in you. When you go somewhere today, if you go out to lunch today, God's going to lunch with you. You go into the grocery store, God's in the grocery store. Everywhere you go, God is there. And people desperately need him. We have a world that's trying to create God in their minds instead of the God that presents himself to us. What else do you have? You have the love of God. 1 John chapter 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You have God's love. You have God's favor. We pray that every Sunday the Lord look upon you with his favor. You have his peace. God gives you peace. That's in the same blessing. God chose you, Ephesians 1. He chose you before the creation of the world. Chose you. Ephesians 2. You're the handiwork of God. And he's already prepared all these things for your life before you were born. He just needs us to say, here I am. I'm willing. What else do you have? You have the love of God. Don't ever underestimate the love of God. For God so loved, put your name in it. That's why he came down to save us. It's what you're starting with. I'm inviting you in this series. I'm inviting you to partner with God. 
Let's talk about the benefits for just a moment, and then we'll wrap it up. You get the privilege of partnering with God in his mission. Can you, can you put yourself in heaven for a moment? Imagine being in heaven. Somebody walks up to you. Maybe it's a child who was aborted, who never saw the light of day. And the child walks up to you and says, what was it like to partner with God on planet Earth? What was it, what was it like to be about the Father's business in your life? What, what was it like to have the Spirit indwell you and to watch what you did? What did you do? What did you do with the years God gave you? I never got them. What did you do? Interesting thought, isn't it? Here's the other thing you're going to get as a benefit. You're going to get a front row seat in what God's doing in your life. Imagine sitting in a movie theater and you're watching a movie. It's your, it's your life. And you're watching God move right in front of you. And you're like, wow, this is amazing watching God at work in my life. What else? You get to witness the miracles of God when we place yourself in the positions and places where God can work, we get to watch God do the miracles. You get to watch. You get to participate in them. You will participate in the greatest adventure of your life for the rest of your life. And it will add meaning and purpose to your life like you can't imagine. Because as you start to watch God at work, you're like, I want more. God, let's do it again. I want to see that again. Can we do it again and again and again? All the way up until God says, time to come home. Your work is now done. So this message series is an invitation to join the mission of God. That's the title of this whole series. Join the mission. Be a participant. Come on Sunday morning, ready to be challenged, ready to grow, ready to grow in your faith, but ready to put it into action. This week, just a little homework. Everywhere you go today, just pay attention. Just, I pray that God will open up your eyes and listen. Listen to the hurts, listen to the struggles. Listen to the problems people are dealing with. Listen to the lostness. Ask people how they're doing and mean it and take a moment and say, I mean it, how are you really doing? Take the time to listen. I think you're gonna see you're in mission already. Just become aware of it. And then we'll begin to talk each week about what is God calling us to do? to be a participant in the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus talked about, the kingdom of God. And we prayed every Sunday, thy kingdom come through you. Okay, well, let's pray. God, I pray that every person here would respond with yes. And the disciples didn't know what to do, and I'm not sure we really know what to do, God, but you know. 
And I'm so excited about where you're going to take us in this mission, God. To transform our community. To transform way beyond. It starts with us, God. Work in our life this week. Get us ready as we look every single week at what you're teaching us through the book of Acts. Father, I'm sure there are a lot of people hurting here today who are going through things that I know nothing about, but you know, God. They're hurting, they're struggling, they're wondering, they're questioning. I pray that you would just give them your peace, that you are present in their life. You love them more than they can ever imagine. You're never going to leave them. They'll never be alone. You're going to walk with them every step of the way. And I pray that you would bless them. Every person. In your name we pray, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.